Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and I'm wanting to know how you're doing on this fine day. I hope it's lovely where you are. I hope that you're experiencing some beautiful fall weather or as uh, one of you updated me from the Southern Hemisphere, like depressing rainy spring. Um, yeah, either way, I hope you're doing well. And uh, if you're not, hey, <laughs> that is okay too. Uh, I feel uh, like I'm oscillating between doing good and then just uh, barely holding on. And I kind of go through a cycle of uh, back and forth just uh, hourly at times. So, you know, what else is new? (laughs) That's like how we roll around here, I guess. But yeah, so I'm going to get into today's episode. It's about Angelina Jolie and her life and her like wild career, everything. And the Brad Pitt situation. So everything that has come out recently about the end of their marriage and his actions in it. Um, So I'm going to give a disclaimer of basically a content warning of just like every content warning imaginable um, violence essay. Like it's just, it's all there. I'm just going to say that at the top of the show. So I, yeah, that's the best I can do. Also, there will be timestamps. There will be timestamps for um, if you want to skip around topics, because it's not all heavy. Um, The end is heavier, but I feel like uh, it's pretty important for us to talk about it. But yeah, on a lighter note, Sammy and I are going to have a fun and lighthearted Patreon this week just to like balance things out a little bit. Um, It's every Wednesday, you know, the deal. It's five extra dollars a month and you get an extra episode every week. But this really cool thing happened, actually. I mentioned, I think a few weeks ago that as of, well, a couple weeks ago, I'm going to be donating 10% of the proceeds of the Patreon to this charity called Homeboy Industries. I learned about them years ago. I thought they were so cool. I followed them along um, like on social media. They're the largest gang rehabilitation and reentry program in the world for formerly incarcerated people, people who are in gangs. Like it just gets them like set up for life with all kinds of like job training, like emotional stuff, just like just support for um, these folks. And I had uh, someone from Homeboy Industries like hear the shout out and reach out to me. So shout out right back to Lindsay, who sent me a lovely email. She works at Homeboy Industries and said that if I'm ever in LA, I should come by for a tour of the facilities and was just mentioning how like it really shows like the true character of LA, like beyond the sort of like stereotypes that exist. Um, And so I'm so like... I'm just so delighted. Like this podcast is like this weird portal that's connected me to like genuine friends and people that I'm like, I don't know what my life would have looked like without them, even though they've only been around for like a couple months. And then like these things happen and I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just pinching myself. Like it just feels like really cool things that I'm just like amazed that I get to like be a part of um, and witness and everything. So very exciting stuff. Um, yeah, we're going to get into the episode. If you have been listening along and you like what you hear, I'm going to ask for a little five-star review. I'm going to ask for a little subscribe and a, and a download the episode, all the, all the things. Even, hey, I'll throw in a follow me on Instagram while you're at it, just because, you know, I'm still on the mission to uh, to secure the bag. And that's apparently how you do it, is through the meta gateway of Instagram who's going through I don't know like it's like fifth mid like crisis right now and like doesn't know what it wants to be as an app anyway it wouldn't be an opening monologue without me going off the rails uh, a little bit so gonna rate it in and without further ado let's get into today's episode hello Hello, welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and I'm joined in the studio by Sammy P. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, girl. Hey, what's up? Not a lot. Just enjoying a beautiful fall day. How about you? 
Uh, I'm also enjoying a beautiful fall day. I'm actually, listeners, I'm not joined in the studio by Sammy P. I wish in my dreams I was, but we are merely meeting in Zoom, merely staring into each other's faces over a screen, but merely dealing with the implosion of the Gaylor Swift community overnight. (laughs) You know, what's funny. I actually had insomnia last night, not related to Midnight's, not brought on by Taylor Swift, but I just happened to have insomnia and then checked like the internet at like 1 a.m. And it was like, things are dropping every hour. Like I'm going to stay up all night. I have have school in the morning. And I was just like, oh God. (laughs) So I was seeing those videos in real time, but you know. I couldn't believe the outpouring of anguish and pure rage that I was seeing today from the Gaylers. Why? Yeah, I guess you didn't check uh, my group chat that I sent you every single... (laughs) I did, but it said page not found. I clicked your Reddit links. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. What are the girls and the gays saying? Okay, okay, I'll tell you. So Taylor releases that Instagram reel where she's talking about the lavender haze and everyone's been ascribing it as like, oh my God, lavender is like this historical code word for being gay, lavender marriage, lavender scare, blah, blah, blah. So this is a nod to the community. And then Taylor is like, the lavender haze is about being in love. And it's a phrase from Mad Men about Betty and Dawn. And when you're in the lavender haze and you're deeply in love with someone, you'll do anything to protect it. And everyone always wants to bring love down, even for regular people. As soon as you post online, haters are like, I want to destroy this relationship. And she's like, and me and my relationship of six years, we've had to deal with a lot, a lot of weird rumors, tabloid stuff, but we deal with that by ignoring it all. And so. (laughs) I I know I like, okay. One of my favorite things that she does is when she like, sometimes she can be relatable, but when she's trying to be relatable and it's not like when she's like, we've all had that experience where you put a relationship out there online and everyone starts talking they try to tear you down I'm like actually that hasn't (laughs) happened to me or if I have been criticized like for my relationship it's more like friends concerned that turned out to be right about like who I was dating but other than that like I don't have people are like trying to get me in my relationship or just hating on you like you post a pic with your man and people are just like what a what a bitch what a dumb bitch look at her stupid relationship i know she did the same it reminded me of the reputation tour when she kept like saying like we've all had those moments where your reputation gets put out there and gets dragged through the mud and we're not going to accept that anymore i'm like i have not had that happen to me she always says we and it's a universal human experience she always says that and i'm like speak for your fucking self taylor like in her speech she did at the at a university convocation she was like we all stay up all night every night sick with anxiety worried about we're about to make mistakes we all act in ways that only center ourselves and hurt everyone around us and like are constantly being attempted to hold being held to account and we never learn and i'm like whoa <laughs> like i am nothing like that i have never i don't know people like that you sound really fucked up and toxic and uh not relatable <laughs> well she had a relatable moment recently i'll give her that we don't love her necessarily because she's relatable we love her for other reasons but like she was talking about the song anti-hero and she was like look like I get it's about the difficulty I have being such a big celebrity she's like look don't feel bad for me obviously but like it is a universal human experience to have things about yourself that you hate I was like yes self-aware like don't cry for me and also we all have insecurities I was like okay good good this yes universal experience we're on it and then she just went off the rails with lavender haze so her lavender haze explanation like then also followed by like (laughs) she's like this gay song is about my love for joe and all the weird rumors (laughs) facing us and i was like you're trolling taylor you are trolling us just her choosing to use the word weird like has inflamed everyone like the hetlers are taking it as a sign to like attack gaylers they're like finally she said they're weird they are fucking weird gay people are disgusting like they're like (laughs) she's going off with their homophobia it's actually crazy and she has done nothing except for limit her comment section just turn off those comments girl and just don't listen to the haters because there's nothing but haters trying to tear you down that's why she turned her comments off i thought they were always off okay i have not been abreast of this situation well, I thought that's why she turned her comments off. I guess I could be wrong, but probably. 
I'm sure her team wasn't expecting like such a huge backlash from her saying like she's heard weird rumors about herself, but everyone took it to mean the same thing. She's like, take this to the subreddits. Yeah. <laughs> Swifties and Gaylers. She's like <laughs> Regina George, like standing in the hallway while everyone like rips each other's hair out. You know, she loves it. <laughs> it's true. She does. I was thinking of it more like breakout rooms. <laughs> she's like, <"Can> everyone go <laughs> Go and discuss. Go off and discuss this, and I'll be back with probably a single in the morning. <laughs> like, talk amongst yourselves. I'm living for like people criticizing her finally and seeing that she's just she is an antihero. She's a villain, actually. In life. Yeah, I know. That's she's I know. A capitalist the, climate criminal. <laughs> a capitalist Taylor has never been thriving more than in the buildup to Midnight's. Like mm-hmm. she has everyone already like buying physical copies of the music for $130 and it hasn't even come out yet. Like Yeah, she's... buying eight copies of the same album. <laughs> yeah, and she keeps being like, sign things on my website. I'm like, okay, Taylor, like, <laughs> as if you need that extra, like, whatever, a hundred bucks a record or what is it? You know, like, what? Are... It's, just, it's just, it's hilarious. Um, It's hard to even talk about it first because I'm sure there are people out there who are like, literally shut the fuck up about Taylor Swift (laughs) and then also because I feel like we're recording this on Friday but I feel like by Monday's release three days from now there's going to be like more news um yeah I do have one more news item that will probably be irrelevant by the time this goes to air but I I need to talk about it with you um which is Lena Dunham our girl Mm -hmm. um by our girl I obviously mean I made I made a joke um do you know what I'm do you know what Lena Dunham scandal I'm gonna bring up the casket thing yeah okay because I've been marinating on it and like I have to share my thoughts so for anyone who did not see this Lena Dunham took to Twitter and tweeted when I go I want my casket to be driven through the NYC pride parade with a plaque that reads she wasn't for everyone but she was for us who can arrange (laughs) and it's like okay so like there's like lots of talk about like allies not centering themselves (laughs) and I just could not think of a more egregious example of like taking the most festive moment and like the moment that's meant to be like the peak of like celebration for the gay community and having your corpse like (laughs) in the middle of it and like requesting that and I know it's a joke obviously but it's like even to make that joke like I I'm speechless and i'm amazed that she could still leave me speechless well the joke within the joke is that she's not a gay icon like she thinks she is well obviously not like remember when she was on rupaul's drag race and she like went backstage and like some of the drag queens like didn't Didn't even even go over like they didn't even get off the couch like she came and sat down on the couch with them and they were like hey girl like you know it was just yeah but when christina aguilera went back there like People were on their knees, like oh, when Lady like, Gaga fell to their knees around her. Yeah. Like, Christina Aguilera, Lady Gaga, like people were like crying and being like, "You saved my life." Like normal, like if you are a gay icon, like you're yeah. celebrated in like such an incredible way. Like you know, even like Mariah Carey could claim that. You know, like there's lots oh, of people yeah. that are not even Mariah Carey, but like there's just there's many. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Watch your tone when I don't you know talk why. about. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, little lambs. I'm sorry. Mariah Carey's great. Like no, but like there's just. I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's not hard to define who is a gay icon. No, of course not. Madonna, Cher, like there are people there for a reason. Like, is your art appreciated by the gay community? Like what, what gay people are watching girls? <laughs> but like, and also the plaque saying she wasn't for everyone, but she was for us. It's like, you're not even for them. <laughs> it's like, just to remind you guys, I have had some controversies, but as we know this whole time, it's been you and me, me and the gays, <laughs> inseparable. <laughs> And I I was just like, yeah, once again, even just as a joke, I have a dark sense of humor, but it's beyond grotesque. Like, just just keep like having this image flash in my head of like everyone just like partying peak, like having the best time. And then it's just like Lena Dunham's dead body. Yeah. (laughs) Lena's open casket just rolling through and harshing everyone's buzz. Being like, guys. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to request a reminder that I'm the queen. <laughs> I'm the queen of this parade. Anyway, I just oh my god, in death as in life, a party ruiner. That's how she'll go out. Yeah, and I it made me think of like 
way back, like almost a year ago at this point, we recorded like a Lena Dunham Patreon episode and we almost didn't air it because we were so depressed by the end of like going through all of her scandals. They were so yeah. gross that we almost yeah. and people were like, no, we want to listen. We want to hate listen. We we're like, <laughs> OK, fine. <laughs> like, we put it out there. But yeah. Yeah. She does leave a certain certain aftertaste after discussing her. Well, she's just, I think, yeah, once again, I've said this before, I think she's just truly addicted to controversy and she hasn't had one in a while. So she's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Remember me? Remember me, gays? Of course you do. <laughs> I'm an icon. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of icons. Yeah. We're here to talk about a real icon. Yeah. An icon of beauty and other things directing humanitarianism controversy and now beauty yeah controversy and now fucking suing the fbi like we love it love to yeah. see it <laughs> yeah we're we're here to talk about angelina jolie and there's so much there's so much to cover um before we get into like her life and legacy sam what is your favorite movie of angelina jolie's or like your her favorite body of work of hers well when I was like 12 or whatever when Girl Interrupted came out or maybe I was 10 I was obsessed I was so obsessed with her I was obsessed with her like acting in this like super wild role that had like no morals and like I was like wow I want to be wild and sociopathic just like Angelina <laughs> oh my god I know same I watched I rented it from blockbusters when I was 10 and was like I want to go to a mental institution like why <laughs> all the hot girlies are there will I get to hang out with fucking Winona Ryder and Brittany Murphy if I go? yeah when they broke in and they were like reading their files it was like kind of like it sad. all seemed fun I know <laughs> they went for ice cream and stuff I know. And it's funny. Well, not funny, but we were just talking about how a lot of sounds on TikTok come from like the darkest places. I have been actually very haunted by the recent like clip from that. That's now a trend. Yes. Angelina saying everyone knows that he fucks you. Yeah. But what they don't know is that you like it. And she's talking to a girl who's being molested by her father. Yeah. And then who immediately goes and kills herself because of Angelina saying this I'm going to put yeah. a content warning at the head of the show about basically everything in the show but I was like I was watching TikToks with Oliver and I was like explaining like what that clip comes from he was like what the fuck I was like I know like this is every it's like yeah. now like a little trendy lip sync I was like oh my god yeah I can never laugh at those because of that no but yes Girl Interrupted was also my personality um once again they tried to like I guess discourage it make it unglamorous but we were like looks fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it is just you know all these bitches that they called crazy that's just relatable to me like I was very crazed at that time and still am <laughs> well I'm actually just having a thought of like how few imperfect women were shown on tv at the time like mm -hmm. you know speaking of Lena Dunham like that was the popularity of girls is that you put girls that weren't perfect on tv and it was like a revolution at the time Mm -hmm. Or like considered, you know, whatever, considered it. Let's not speak her name anymore. <laughs> but like Girl Interrupted, yeah, it was supposed to be like, look at how fucked up they are. But it was like one of our only portrayals for a very long time of like people that were out in the world dealing with mental health issues and like fun and quirky and messed up. Mm -hmm. Like us. Yeah. And just wondering the whole time, like, is Susanna's depression and like suicide attempt enough to like get someone institutionalized and like aren't we all kind of like struggling like that all the time and like obviously there's people out there who aren't but like I really was and so yeah yeah I was just yeah. like wow I, I just connected to all the girls in the movie yeah I mean obviously I'm sure there are people that don't struggle I don't know we're still doing our call out for them but we're talking yeah in our experiences yes relatable um and yeah so anyway that was just off the top um and I just wanted to like you know, get like temperature read on Angelina. Um, but I guess that was like her breakout role and probably most defining one. Um, where do we go from here? Like there's so much, so much to choose from. Well, I like to always dig into people's childhoods, as you know, because I feel like we all, or like, it's very, very common for people to repeat the same cycle over and over again throughout their life, like act out the same patterns and stuff. 
until you heal, I guess, I suppose. And her life is has so many coincidences like that and so many cycles. And it all just kind of starts like when she was young, like her dad is John Voigt, who's a famous Oscar winning actor, like not of our time, but he's old now, but <laughs> he's won like four Oscars or something. And he met and married her mom, Marshalline Bertrand, when she was only 21, Marshalline. And then they had two kids together and everybody agrees that at some point John Voigt had an affair, which led to a bitter divorce when Marshalline was 28 and he was 38 and Angelina was like one. And her brother, who we'll be talking about later, like alleges that John Voigt was emotionally abusive to their mom for like their whole childhood. And John Voigt like has this obsession with going to the press and airing out everything like that ever happens in his family and like how he's always going to the press and being like, Angelina's not talking to me. My family tries to make me out to be the villain and I'm not like, I'm a good guy and like all this stuff. And he comments that like, oh, anything they say about me like that is just from their inability to let go of years of programmed anger from their mother, who was understandably quite hurt when we divorced. God knows for years I've tried and tried to mend this relationship. It sounds like the quotes from Alec Baldwin when we did like totally that episode on him. He's like, look, it's not my fault that she has a bitch mother. Like <laughs> I'm doing what I can here. Obviously, everyone can see that. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually is a very like huge way that abusers tell on themselves, I think, is like going and making statements like, I don't know why everyone's making me out to be the bad guy. Like, I literally never did a thing wrong in my life. I'm really nice. Yeah, like trying to get ahead of it. Totally. When it's so obvious to everyone when you do that, it's like, yeah. why would you have to state that? And it's like, I don't even think people would even think of him that much, except when he pipes up and tries to like insert himself into the drama. Yeah, yeah, totally. And even his friend fucking Burt Reynolds went to the press at some point and was like, I told him I, I met Angelina when she was eight years old and I said, there's just something evil in that child and I hope she never hurts you. <laughs> like, why, Bert, uh, let's get you to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> Bert's, Bert's part of the old wave. <laughs> like, that child, that child is dark-sided. <laughs> totally. So Marceline alleges that John didn't pay child support, didn't pay alimony, he denies this. Another classic abuser thing, like, especially amongst these like rich Hollywood men having the money to support your family, but you're like doing everything you can to not give them a penny. Yeah. And then being like, oh, I thought I did. I I'm pretty sure I did. She's just a lying bitch. You know how it is. <laughs> um, and so Angelina has like disclosed that all throughout her like youth and teen years, she struggled heavily with depression, self-harms, self-mutilation. That was like she was always in like a dark place on and off and yeah. eventually she starts like modeling and acting and I'm sure like this was no doubt helped in some part by her father being in the industry himself like yeah well she's a nepotism baby which is fine yeah it's fine you're allowed yeah and around this time she's like like around like 97 ish she's like been in a few movies but she's like falling deeper into her addiction and she says like she was using coke and heroin together and e and lsd and like anything she could get her hands on and in 1998 her dealer releases a video of her to the press where she's like strung out and like rambling on the phone i don't know if you ever saw this no um but it was it kind of would like resurface like a few years back um probably as some sort of smear campaign against her there's definitely she has haters like um, oh yeah which we will get to with the brad pitt stuff but that's yeah later yeah but she gets clean eventually um but that same year that that video is released she makes a movie called playing by heart that's produced by harvey weinstein and during this time he attempts to rape her and she says she is able to escape and she like starts warning people and you know she told her first husband johnny lee miller to like warn people about harvey and she's like, I never worked with him again. I turned on a role in The Aviator in 2004 because he was producing it. I never worked with him again. And it was really hard for me when Brad did. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw that. Flash forward to 2009. Brad takes a role in Tar Quentin Tarantino, 
another disgusting guy in Inglorious Bastards. And that's produced by the Weinstein Company. And then in 2012, again, he approaches Harvey Weinstein to serve as a producer on a movie he was producing called Killing Them Softly. Yeah. Like, okay, I want to put a pin in everything Brad Pitt because he deserves like his own... Basically, like, just to, like, step out of this for a minute, listeners, we were inspired to do this episode because of everything that's been going on with Brad Pitt. And we just have been feeling like there's not enough attention being brought to, like, what has come out about him and his, like, redemption arc. And then it was like, okay, let's just do a whole Angelina Jolie episode. But I want to, like, rip into (laughs) Brad Pitt, but I also want to, like, honor her wild career first before I... (laughs) Yeah. So back in 1999, she gets Girl Interrupted. She wins the Oscar. She wins the Golden Globe. She gets the Tomb Raider role and she's like becoming an A-lister. It's interesting because her career, her early career reminds me a lot of Drew Barrymore. Yeah. In like really famous family, heavy, heavy addiction to very serious drugs at an extremely young age. But they've taken very different paths in life. I would say They've taken, like, not that different. Like, I think they're both very, like, empathetic and caring people who, like, give back a lot with their fame. And they, like, Drew Barrymore is a lot more, like, friendly and bubbly and, like, wants to be out there more. But I don't know. They're just both people I've been, like, abs- like had, like, hyper fixations on at different times in my life. Yeah, I guess not that different. They both had some divorces under their belt. Like, yeah, they do really care. I mean, it's hard to be as bubbly as Drew Barrymore. I don't think yeah. <laughs> many people meet that. But yeah, in my mind, I would love if they could be friends and talk <laughs> and like commiserate <laughs> on totally. these experiences. Well, I saw that sweet clip of Drew Barrymore connecting with um, Jeanette McCurdy, who wrote, "Yeah, I'm glad my mom is dead and Drew like... I guess spoke to her about how like much she sees herself and they have the same story, like with really tough relationships with her mom being child stars and stuff. And then like they hugged and like drew cried and it was really beautiful. And she was like, I have so much to learn from you to Jeanette McCurdy. And I was like, oh, Drew's so sweet and humble. Oh my like, God. What a national <laughs> treasure. I know. I know. She's so like, so down to earth. Like just her like hippie, like energy is, is beautiful. We love Drew. Yeah, We love her. Um, yeah, sorry, I sidetracked us. We also love Angelina. Speaking of national treasures. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to touch on in 2000, like she marries Billy Bob, which is her second marriage and his fifth. And <laughs> he's, you know, they're married for three years. And when they get married, like, you know, he's twice her age. He leaves his fiance of three years, Laura Dern, to be with Angelina. Like it's giving me like an exact reproduction of what happened in her childhood yeah and some people were saying like they got weird vibes from this relationship and I couldn't really find anything about that like I guess they've just said that they've only said kind things about each other since and say that they're still friendly and that the only reason they didn't last was because he hates leaving the house and Angelina's like dedicated to her work traveling the world and yeah they're like the weird vibes are probably I think people are saying that as a code for like he's much less attractive (laughs) like he's just like a medium ugly guy he is kind of medium ugly but uh, I'm very sexually attracted to him (laughs) okay well (laughs) then um love that journey for you but like when they rolled up to the Oscars and they were like freshly like tousled and they were like we just had sex in the limo on the way over I was like okay that's hot like I can get into Billy Bob's energy <laughs> he looks like someone who you'd have to like follow around a liquor store to make sure he's not stealing anything to me <laughs> totally he's like he has that like scraggly hillbilly like look to him <laughs> yeah like he'd walk in and they'd be like just keep an eye on that guy <laughs> like that's his vibe to me but uh, I totally see that I respect that. <laughs> yeah I respect your perspective as well you know they're not mutually exclusive <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh anyhow yeah then yeah vials of blood later (laughs) oh yeah I want to address the blood vials so like of course yeah they're not actually blood vials guys they're just blood fingerprints that they put inside a clear locket and wore wore the necklaces um I don't really think it's that much of a story like I don't think it's like different than tattoos of each other or whatever. Well, it just goes to show that marketing really makes a difference because I think a lot of people are doing that because of the babysitter club. <laughs> Babysitter's club. Wasn't it that? What was the thing where you like 
did a finger prick like and then you put your fingers together it's like a friendship thing. Oh yeah, like Blood Brothers or like yeah, sister. that was a yeah, thing. But in I don't the think 90s. that was from the Babysitters Club. I don't think where am I getting? Like that. Where am I getting that from? <laughs> okay, like where should I pull that from? No, I know Wait, people were all into that, and I did that with my friends too. Like yeah. we were just like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like you know, a lot more education came out about <laughs> HIV. And stopped it. Oh my god, sorry, I'm not need to like. No, I mean, I'm just laughing because like it is so wild like to think that we were just out there doing that. It's not just HIV. Like there's a lot of bloodborne pathogens. Like you should not be doing that, but we were just out there. Anyway, we were like doing and to be clear, they weren't swapping blood. They they were just they just decorated a little locket and wore it on each other's necks. Yeah. I'm just saying we were doing that at sleepovers. Yes. Yes. She yes, was doing yes. that and everyone was like, blood vials, they're so sick and crazy. Right. But look in the mirror, guys. You might be sicker, <laughs> Angelina. <laughs> no, but I do think she like talked about having like a fetish for like knives and like blood and yeah. other interviews and stuff. Because she said her and her boyfriend, um, a different one, had a knife collection and they would scratch each other with it. Yeah, I, and I mean, I, it tracks because she was like cutting herself for her whole like life, so like it was very normalized to her, and. Like she wrote like Johnny's name and blood on her t-shirt when she got married to the first husband. Like, so she does have like a thing with blood. I know. A little bit, but not drinking each other's blood. It made me look up her astrological chart. So I was like, Scorpio? But no, she is a Gemini with an Aries moon and a Cancer rising. Yeah. Very similar to your chart, Sam. Yeah. She has the same sun and moon as me, which is perhaps why I feel so connected to her. And a very caring rising sign. Yeah, and then the Cancer Rising. And all Cancer Risings that I know are extremely beautiful in the same way that she is. Like, huge eyes and round lips and just, like, hypnotically beautiful angelic face. Yeah, very, like, and, like, classically feminine kind of. Yeah, like, Sharon Tate, I think, is either a Cancer or Cancer Rising. I think she's, like, one of the most beautiful women who ever lived and kind of looks like Angelina in some ways. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anywho, so flashing back to 2000, this is a wild year for her. She entered the millennium with a bang. She sure did. While accepting the award at both the Golden Globes and the Oscars, she kind of makes up with her brother. <laughs> well, the yeah, the Golden Globes was backstage, but still photographed. And then the second, I think, or maybe it was on the red carpet, definitely on the red carpet for the Academy Awards. Yeah. And like, and I think maybe on the stage, like it, it was very heavily, heavily photographed. A brother kissing happened. Yeah. Like, and one of the kisses was like, he was behind her, like with his hands on her hips and she was like turned back around and like kissed him like that, like grabbed his neck and like, like that's just. It was, it was <laughs> lips locked deeply. Like eyes closed, both eyes closed and both parties like. Yeah. Not something we're used to seeing. It well, definitely made me clutch my pearls. Well, okay. So yeah everyone and like okay so listeners like i'm sorry i know there's people that like you kiss your family on the lips like and that's like normal like in a little peck i've never understood that like i always got a little um i always got a little (laughs) creeped out by that like i just i don't know i didn't grow up with it i don't understand the kissing your family on the mouth thing yeah i know it's like normal i don't i would never want my saliva to touch a family member's saliva no um no no you know like if they just recently licked their lips can you imagine accidentally brushing against that it's horrifying and like maybe we're not we're not european enough or what i don't know like well no but i'm in i'm in quebec like i don't is it a european thing because i in quebec it's a very common thing you do the double kiss on the cheek to say hi or like to meet someone which i even find that a bit overwhelming because i'm like some people just don't want to like Oh God, no. cheeks even an air air kiss it's but so anyway. cultural any kissing and things like that is like culturally determined but she's american <laughs> so she's american also <laughs> i actually can't think of any culture where you passionately kiss your family on the lips like make it all basically like could be tongue <laughs> like we don't yeah. know okay there was no tongue that we saw we gotta at least draw the line there but they both have such large lips that it just gave you know, a really passionate look to me <laughs> from the outside. But yeah, I agree. Like, okay, if people are going to kiss their children and they do, I see the fucking Hollywood moms kissing their kids on the lips all the time in the tabloids. And like, just a quick one. You got to make it quick, quick and like tight little dry lips. Preferably not at all. It's... But these were like lingering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is just, oh, give me the so, heebie-jeebies. Uh, 
her childhood nanny talked to the press to defend her <laughs> in this matter. And she's like, you guys don't get it. Like they, they grew up, they were each other's only like support when everything was like falling down around them. And the reason they kissed was because they were just in the hospital with their mother getting treatment for her cancer and they're going through a lot and like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) none of that would lead to me making out with my brother. But like when my mom had cancer, I still wasn't motivated to start making out with my family. (laughs) (laughs) There's just something, I don't know. It just, what didn't cross my mind (laughs) as a coping mechanism. Anyhow. Anyhow, we can't speak to what the story is there. Hopefully it ends at that kiss. This is a very generous interpretation that there could be some explanation for it. To me, there's none. But anyhow, moving on. (laughs) Moving on. She shakes that off. She stops kissing her brother. She tries to, you know. Publicly, at least, as far as we know. (laughs) So the next year in 2001, she's named Goodwill Ambassador for the UN High Commission for Refugees. And she had that post till 2012 when her title became Special Envoy. So she still works with them. She's done tons of missions through that. And I have more on that later when we discuss like the rumors around her. But um, yeah, for now, I'll just keep moving. Yeah, because we heard you guys asking us to talk about the rumors about her humanitarian work. We will get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. Um, In 2002, she adopts Maddox. And she like starts that adoption when she's still with Billy Bob. But then they separate and then her dad, fucking John Voigt, crawls out of his hole, gives an interview saying that Angelina has severe mental problems and that he's worried about her in the wake of her divorce. And she is so pissed about this, understandably, that she like gives a quote that's like, it's not healthy for me to be around my father, especially now that I have a kid to keep safe. She drops Voigt from her legal last name, divorces Billy Bob. And just begins her life as a girl boss. It reminds me of Meghan Markle's dad. Yeah, trash. And then like popping in to be like, she's mentally unwell, obviously. And it's like, I think you are in a glass house and should not throw stones. (laughs) I think you like tattling to the press about your adult daughter is a sign of you being extremely unwell. Anyhow. Totally. Just clinging to relevancy exactly it's so thirsty it's like just take your oscars and go and like be slowly fade into irrelevance but no you can't it's like he thinks the only way that she'll hear from him is like in the press but like that's probably not true he could probably write her a letter you know um anyway sadly in 2007 her mom does pass away from cancer and um she starts like speaking you know in honor of her mom kind of and she gives a quote that's like My mom studied to be an actress, but married my father. And by 28, she was divorced with two kids. She gave up her dreams. I am my mother's daughter. My love of children, my values, caring about what goes on in the world. All of that comes from her. I miss her every day. I try to raise my children the way that my mother raised me. I didn't really have a father. So clearly she was close with her mom and says, fuck her dad. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she really like walked the walk like she in her work like campaigning for human rights she carried out over like 60 field missions she was like started as a goodwill ambassador and then was like a special envoy for the un high commissioner and was like for refugees and was traveling all over the world like she really it was not just this like superficial thing i mean she's i think one of the celebrities that's like the most involved hands-on if not like the most in like totally you know humanitarian causes yeah, she was really a trailblazer in the like celebrity to diplomat pipeline, like to go from having an image related to like extremely sexualized, weird blood stuff, heroin addiction, and like fucking spin that into like a super positive legacy. Well, like, you know, look, I, we've got complex feelings about the UN, but she was like, her work was like trying to like clear out landmines and like stop sex trafficking. And like, she's doing like good work out in the world and she's dedicated to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have huge issues with like the global humanitarian like system as a whole and the UN. But it's like, you know, if you want to make a difference, like the quote that I always think of is like, would you rather be on a big boat with like a little hammer or in a canoe miles behind the boat? You know, like, yeah, she was really working from the inside on like very clearly, like incredibly relevant causes. Yeah. Yeah. And she she. 
fought this like reputation for being like a man eater that still follows her kind of like you know this narrative that she stole billy bob from laura dern and she stole brad pitt from jennifer aniston and i would guess that her going after men who are already in relationships like psychologically you know she's trying to like win a man's love and that's like how she was trying to feel worthy at that time oh we're going deep with the psychoanalysis that's just my opinion i don't no, know no. like I, I was like i felt for her like when everyone was like calling her like even though at the time i was team jennifer aniston like i am you know a girl's girl but like <laughs> look i hate that expression i hate a, it's like you're not a red flag but usually anyone using that is a red flag to me <laughs> fair enough um sorry if i like probably none of you guys listening but like um yeah i i feel like you dropped into her for this dropped into who Angelina Jolie oh well like you're talking about like how her father like issues with her father have like expressed themselves I don't know I'm just like I'm just like just throwing a theory out (laughs) I don't know I'm not like (laughs) I don't know I'm just sympathetic I am sympathetic to her she's clearly been through it and I don't think she's talked about the half of what she's been through because when someone had like shows up in the way that she like with the depression the cutting the drug like some shit has gone down there like yeah and and like she's just I don't know, like, yeah, she's kept very quiet. She's taken the classy route, um, but she's just appeared so many times over the past couple of years, just just unwell. She just has looked like she's just oh, yeah. been like wasting away, like just yes. so like concerned. She has been disappearing. Yeah, yeah, in a concerning way. Like she looks like a skeleton, an yeah. animated skeleton. Yeah, she's yeah. extremely thin. Yeah, and she got like throughout the years, she got... Um, a hysterectomy and mastectomy like she got her breasts and ovaries like removed as like a preventative measure um because of like this stuff running in her family just mm-hmm. interesting i've just wondered like i know that those procedures are like necessary for some people hers invoked controversy because it, she said it was like preventative we don't have like her full medical like history and all of her reasoning that's the reason that she gave for it um I did wonder, though, if it was done sort of preventatively, um, like just if it would have effects on your health, too, in addition to just all the stress and everything. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does affect your health to remove all of the organs and systems in those organs that she removed. Like, yeah, I'm no doctor. Surprise. (laughs) I don't know how, but like, I know it was quite. And I remember, actually, it's funny that you bring that up because so she because like rich people do all this genetic testing she realized she had this like gene mutation that gives you like a 50 percent chance of getting ovarian cancer and 70 percent chance of getting breast cancer at some point in your life and she's like okay preventatively i'm gonna just take all that out and then melissa etheridge piped in <laughs> who herself i think is a breast cancer survivor and she's like i think it's absurd for people to get like preventative mastectomies and stuff like that it's like giving into fear and it's unnecessary and and stuff and i was like damn gosh <sighs> medical debate in the press i don't know <laughs> yeah this, let her like, let her live like she's not telling other people to do that well she kind of did like she was like very public about it and i think it gave people the idea so i don't know i mean i guess like considering that like basically almost every single star has had some sort of like body modification like doing i don't know I guess it's interesting because, I mean, it's hard for me to not be a little freaked out about (laughs) potential, like, illness in the future myself. Like, you know, God forbid, knock on wood. But, like, definitely, like, it's not just, it's not just, like, one member of my family. It's kind of, like, uh, almost all of them. So, like, I, to be completely honest, when she did it, I thought it was batshit crazy. Like, I was, like, that is unhinged. Like, why would you do that preventatively? And now, like, I just get it more yeah yeah and i and like i didn't get it but i didn't like judge her because yeah i'm not in her shoes she's like i've got six kids i do not want to die at in my 50s like my mom did well no i I just want to say i wasn't like i guess i wasn't judging her i was, I was quite, quite a bit younger when she got her first procedure but like i was just like that's crazy like i just didn't understand it didn't think too much about it and then i like thought about it in light of like how my life has changed is that i'm like you know what if you have all the money in the world and you have six kids and you're like scared of this one thing like i i don't know i just 
I do kind of get it more. I mean, it, it clearly, it makes sense. She has her like logic and reasoning and everything like that. Um, it's not like a stupid decision of hers, but I guess it just like triggers the same kind of annoyance that like rich people and their like surrogates sometimes tweak me too. Like the way celebrities are always fucking having so many kids via surrogate and like Khloe Kardashian, like, you know, her pick in the hospital bed with a baby that was delivered via surrogate. Sam, this is a don't disrespect our girl Angelina by bringing up the freaking Kardashians get out. I just say harvesting (laughs) babies from like farming women basically for like their babies. farming oh god that's like like, like the operation they have have a surrogate going off every other month it seems with these kids anyway that is affecting these women's lives yes you're right that hurts someone maybe this hurts no one other than the people who don't get life-saving operations because they don't have the money but anyway anyhow we're getting we gotta bring it back bring it back <laughs> bringing um, it back um we did get some comments uh about rumors about her role with the un okay i'm gonna preface this so i put out a call out because every time we do an episode about someone like we do extensive research but it's like this is one episode of a show like we can't cover it all so i usually get messages being like oh you didn't you know you didn't this and that like there's this detail uh, so preventatively, we were like, hey, what? Oh, no. Not preventatively. No, I know. God. Okay. Just whatever. Okay. <laughs> we put out a thing being like, what do you guys, what do you need us to mention about uh, Angelina? The amount of you guys who wanted me to bring up, quote, her rumors of her being a human trafficker was a lot. It was a lot of you guys, <laughs> like a more than I would have thought. And I was like how are we doing everyone like how is everybody's week going because this is not what i expected from this. Okay. <laughs> okay so there was like a spectrum of responses so some people are just saying like oh she's rumored to have bought her role with the un or like influenced it in some way that's not ethical to that i say everyone's bought every role they've ever had oh no like, there were more that came in that i did like i showed I know, you some Emily, of them. i said i'm starting a small okay, okay. so like I wouldn't be surprised, of course, if it came from the result of her making a huge, huge donation and because of her fame and power and beauty, whatever, that's how the world works. But what matters to me is, does she use it as a vanity title or does she actually do the work? She actually does do the work. And people are saying that anti lawyer accused her of abusing her power in some way. I tried really hard to find sources on that, but I couldn't. I found them. Okay. Well, what was it? Well, it's a variety of lines from Crazy Days and Nights, which, as we know, is run by NT Lawyer. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, either there's, like, substantiated rumors that she's allegedly, like, involved in human trafficking or NT hates her, which I feel like that might be the case. Okay, so I'll I'll just brief, like, we're not going to, like, spend too much time on this. I'm going to briefly read you, like, some of the more, like... Yeah, please the, do. The, yeah. Okay, so most of them are from... 2021 which is get to that in a second interesting timing yeah yes exactly um okay after several years of me telling you about the sketchy circumstances of the adoption of a child by this a-list mostly movie actress slash sunrise director it is finally getting a closer look by authorities it is far too late to do anything about it though (laughs) okay okay yeah lots of international adoptions are unethical yeah um I know there's like a content warning on like this whole thing, but this, yeah. So um, there's like one about her basically being a pedophile um, and connecting her to Jeffrey Epstein and saying like um, she can topple world leaders. A whole lot of those people she trafficked sure are showing up on videos and images that have been seen in recent CP raids. I was like, what the f- like this is on crazy days and nights it kind of made me like sorry like lose a bit of respect for crazy days and nights i was like like that's insane and then another one also from 2021 um this is like more innocuous but still the a-list mostly movie actress and the foreign-born a-list singer is a work thing despite what it may look like from certain choices in her life she does not date men of color angelina jolie slash the weekend 
right yeah and I found out he it was a work thing yeah because he ended up working for the UN as well um yeah there were rumors that they were dating but yeah to say that she doesn't date men of color is yikes you know yeah it's a further leap I did think that they were a PR relationship but like okay a lot of these come from 2021 which is when Brad Pitt was on his little redemption tour of Hollywood and people were like there's kind of this smear campaign against Angelina Jolie which is like interesting timing well here's what NT wrote about Angelina in 2008 I respect Angelina so much because she goes further than other celebrities. When she travels, she goes out away from the green zones and meets with real people in real streets and real homes and talks to people actually on the ground in Iraq from their government and other NGOs. She is rumored to give 75% of her income to charity and save the rest as inheritance for her six kids. So at some point between 08 and 2021, he changes from hearing that from sources to hearing that she's some sort of in some sort of pedophile cabal like it, it sounds like the rumors about hillary and it's like racist to right, talk and off. racist um it sounds like a QAnon thing it is QAnon. it is hillary sacrificing children and drinking their blood and that kind of stuff yeah and it's like it's just crazy too because like it, it kind of falls in line too with this overarching thing that like anything to do now with child human trafficking it's like lumped in with fucking QAnon yeah and Angelina has done a lot of work to fight against human trafficking including being the host of an MTV documentary called Inhuman Traffic which you can watch on YouTube and if you're so deep in a conspiracy that you think that like being an anti-trafficker activist is like the perfect front for a human trafficker like I I can't I I don't know how to fight against that because like how many pimps do you guys know that like make their life's work like anti-pimp <laughs> documentaries yeah I just don't think it's like usually that complicated it's not plausible. <laughs> no no anyway let's move along from that should we get into the Brad Pitt of it all yeah we've got to get to the plane incident okay well, like, I guess we can take it back from the beginning. Obviously, we all know they met on set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And, like, she got in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble because of, like, his divorce following, like, shortly after. And then her later saying that they fell in love on the set of that movie. So everyone was like, homewrecker. Double down on the homewrecker. Like, yeah. you know. And as you reminded me, it was Team Angelina or Team Jen. And, like, people would sell t-shirts and be like, tell everyone how many t-shirts they've sold of each and it was a big thing um i don't know it's still it's very just silly very silly you can't steal anyone everyone is doing things out of their own free will yeah but like we love like three sexy people in a love triangle come on three a-listers and also the fact that it was like starring this movie where they have all this like sexual tension between them and they're like spies it's like it was very like it was a very great press for the movie yeah and they just like they had they had kids together they adopted more kids they had biological kids like they were kind of like as much as they were like maligned they were also kind of like this new it couple much the same way that like brad and jen were it the it couple yeah he's like the prom king of hollywood you know yeah, he is the prom king of Hollywood until what we've learned about him recently. Now we're like, fuck this guy. Why is no one talking about this? Yeah, it all kind of came to a screeching halt, like around the time of the plane incident, really. Yeah. So this whole plane incident happened. We don't at the time it was like he yelled at someone on a plane. Maybe like we weren't sure we didn't get too many details and they divorced shortly after. Now, it's so interesting because so much of what is happening has come out because he's suing her over the wine business that they had together. Yeah, that's the thing is she didn't want these details out. No, and I was trying to figure out why the FBI was involved. And it's because I don't know if you knew this, like if this was like commonly known, but um, for Americans, if any incident happens on an airplane, it's the FBI who deals with it. Yeah, it's their jurisdiction. Yeah. And they were flying from France to L.A. Yeah, they were on a plane with all the kids and Brad. And I remember when we recorded our Johnny Depp and Amber Heard episode, we were talking a lot about like future implications, like what sort of societal implications this trial and its results have. And you brought up like Brad Pitt 
in the immediate aftermath of that suing Angelina. Yeah, totally. And being like, I don't know how much he was suing her for, but it was like, I want a bigger stake in our fucking wine business. Yeah, well, he was like, you shouldn't have sold your stake in the wine business. You breached the contract that we had that you sold to your half to someone without running it by me first or something. And she's like, you're literally an abuser. I'm trying to cut ties with you and get away and you won't let me get away. Just fucking who cares? Like, you know, but he's like, oh, but you being involved in this might make me more money. And like, she's like, I'm not going to work with my abuser. Fuck off. You know, I, of course I'm doing like internal monologue of what I think, but you're, you're like not quoting. (laughs) Yeah. She was trying to disengage herself from the situation after what we've recently learned is, was it an extremely like horrific situation? Yes. Yeah. Like I remember when this happened in 2016. Yeah. It was at first it was like shocking. You're like, wait, child services was there. The FBI. Oh my God. They're getting divorced. Like this must've been something so serious. And then like and that the kids weren't speaking to him. And then like there was press leak that was like, he was immediately cleared. This is a non-issue. This was just overblown. Like we all had a few too many drinks and he's sober now. And like th- there was like a huge like papering over of it from Brad's team, it seemed. And yeah. everyone like, it seemed like kind of swallowed it after a while. Like they were like, like not everyone, but like he kind of crept back up after being quiet for a bit. He and- crept back up for like a big moment in the spotlight. Yeah, like he starts getting roles again and he he has a skincare line. Oh my just, fucking god. I can't even dignify his fucking skincare line with like <laughs> any more attention than mentioning it exists. He's done and it. there's rumors that he's dating Emily Ratatowski. Ugh. And he had his moment last year when he was like when him and Jen were Skyping yes. they are faced whatever like zooming and he was like they were like hi babe like and everyone lost their mind and they like touched hands at an award show everyone's like oh my god like yeah people were like well now that that whole angelina messes out of the way like the true love story can continue yeah yeah their publicists are working overtime absolutely but like it's just something obviously like in my gut and in a lot of people's gut was like okay this really feels like Angelina is genuinely trying to protect her kids like she got out of the marriage right away she got the kids away from him like she's a rich famous powerful beautiful white lady so she's gonna have more luck in the justice system than many victims so she's able to get the best divorce attorneys she gets Laura Wasser then she hands the case over to Samantha Lejean who has more experience with child welfare cases the kids drop the pit from their name some of them yeah and and now he's going to the press and whining to the press himself that saying, oh, it's so unfair. I don't get to see Maddox. He's unresponsive when I reach out. He's icing me out. Oh, my fucking God. It's it's wildly similar to like you've been saying, like to what she grew up with. Totally. Her her dad, like she's literally like living out this like horrifying reality again. And like, know. this is a quote from an old article with The Guardian. She did an interview with them and like they were asking her about this situation. And she was like, I can't I can't speak about it. And they were just like, nod yes or no. Like, did something happen on the plane with Brad Pitt? And she it, it said like she nodded like and and they said um they asked her and did she fear for her safety of the children with this incident and she said yes for my family my whole family and the details that have surfaced about this incident like i just feel like for the magnitude of them and for how much we've had Brad Pitt shoved in our faces in the last couple of years are just like kind of a non not a big story like he like you know this is a bit this graphic but like he like grabbed her shook her they got in an altercation like he reached out and like she tried to like hold him back and then because of that the one of the kids got involved we don't know which one he struck him choked another kid like these kids were adopted out of like horrifying situations and now they're like in a tin can in the air that they can't escape from getting abused and it's like yep what the fuck yep Um, She's also accused him of not paying child support and she's clearly trying to move on with her life and not fucking have this whole incident define her. And then out of nowhere this year, Brad sues her, like we were saying, for selling half the winery. So then she countersues him and also sues the FBI for freedom of information to release this report of like their investigation of what happened on the plane 
like let the details come out. And her lawyer says that she was seeking these records for years, but has been stonewalled and has had to resort to court action to receive these needed records. It's so weird. And like, I can't help but feel paranoid that like, why was this buried? And why was this like swept under the rug and no charges were laid? Like she says, like, I was torn about whether I wanted to press charges, but like in like domestic abuse cases, the state should press charges or the like governing body or whatever. Like, well, the report said that they had grounds to press charges against him, but it just they just didn't. They just like, yeah, yeah. Why? And like, it just feels like that is in line with this overall very kind edit that he's gotten and very cruel. Like, it seems like she still has this like lady of the night, like man stealer, bad girl. Succubus. Succubus. Yeah. Like just that kind of energy. And it's like, even I was reading to like, um, she got criticized publicly by like, lawyers um, and people in general for for like mentioning that she wanted her children to testify against her father um and she said it would be a betrayal of their rights for her to let it rest and it's like you know what if you're a if you're a teenager and you hate your dad and he's abused you like and you want to speak about it like you should be allowed of course they're not like they're not five years old you know no no maddox is 19 yeah um so i'm gonna run through the report um it's been leaked to the press it's like 53 pages long but basically in a nutshell they started fighting brad gets on the plane he's been drinking he's hammered and he starts coming at her about the way she allows the kids to dress and maybe do like what they whatever they want and saying like oh one of them looks like a columbine kid and she goes to the bathroom to get away from him he's following her and yelling at her Then he grabs her by her head and shakes her, grabs her shoulders and shakes her and shoves her into the bathroom wall and then punches the ceiling of the plane multiple times and screams, you're fucking up this family. Then she says two of their minor children are outside the door crying and they ask, are you okay, mommy? And he yells in response, no, mommy's not okay. She's ruining this family. She's crazy. And then one of the older children says, it's not her. It's you, you prick. And then he goes, insane charges the kid like he was going to attack so she's forced to put him into a chokehold that he then throws himself back and pushes her into the chairs to get out of and then he gets free chokes one of the children strikes another in the face dumps beer and wine on her and on the kids and when they land he refuses to let them leave the plane for half an hour until the cops came it's like so disturbingly disturbingly similar to like information that was unearthed about Johnny Depp like it's interesting that we keep talking about like patterns repeating itself in like Angelina's life and also that this is like such a pattern in the lives of like Hollywood men and that's part of why we do this podcast is to just drag every single last one of them because the freaking press isn't going to do it so we I guess we have to totally and like it's just like their impotent rage is so embarrassing like as soon as they feel that they're like losing control over the family or their woman or whatever, or their career, they just start like fucking strangling everyone around them and acting like drunken entitled babies. And for both Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp, both of them wouldn't have had all this information be so public if they hadn't just kept pushing it and pushing it and then sued over like basically ego related issues yeah, they sued their victims, both of them. They both sued their victims. They were both buddy buddy with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Um, like just cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And I guess that's what like having everything on a platter, like sort of the Justin Bieber effect, like I guess that's the kind of person it creates. Like someone who's just stomping their feet, doesn't care about other people, only cares to feed their ego. Yeah. A monster, really. <laughs> And has a public image as a charming person and everyone can't seem to like forget their crush that they once had on like these men. Cause like everyone who is attracted to men at some point has had a crush either on Brad Pitt or Johnny Depp or both, you know? Yeah. Like totally. Yeah. Being attractive, being rich, being charismatic gets you really far in this world and white. But like Angelina Jolie is all of those things and everyone's still kind of like, mm, yeah, but people, she's an old tag. She's a woman. Yeah. Like misogynistic hate is directed at her and Amber Heard. Yeah. And it's horrible. Then they have everything. They're beautiful. They fit the beauty standard. They've got 
everything that a woman's supposed to be, they are. Yeah. And it's still not enough. And like, if there's anyone who like doesn't understand why we're saying this about Johnny Depp, um, I will just say like, if you are going to take the time to write in, I would implore you to listen first to our episode about that. It was a bonus episode about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and all of that. It like goes into detail about why we have this perspective. Like, I'm not going to get into it again here. It's just really heavy topics all around, but it's like, you know what? Like this whole little podcast is meant to be generally like some nice escapism and some nice just like laughter and like analysis. But like there's moments like this where I'm like, fucking fuck this. If there's just like one, <laughs> even if it's like a tiny drop in the ocean, I would just like to bring some attention to this because where's the rest? Where's everyone else? Where's the noise? Yeah, right. Where's the noise? And how many movies does he have in production? And Oh, that was another thing that I wanted to say about Brad Pitt is that his production company has all these like movies that they've either like finished or are working on about like abuse and like and about like men being uh like monsters. It's just like, I don't know. It's just it's like trying to jump the gun. Hmm. Oh, God. Or maybe he's just like is the CEO of this production company and like just, you know, knows what's going to make money. I don't know. It's just wild too. Like it's wild that all this comes on the same week as the like Anna de Armas, uh, Marilyn Monroe movie, where it's just like people are still out there. It's 2022. There's still so much money being put into either like glorifying female pain, like with that movie, or like persecuting women. And then does the men get a silly little tap on the wrist? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about it of this incredibly depressing saga um oh sam any anything any my closing thought is just support women believe women and fuck brad pitt we're probably preaching to the choir here if anyone's made it this far but maybe not like and no no hottie is worth it no dick in the world yeah and i don't know if you're like us i know that when we put out the johnny depp amber heard episode the overwhelming feedback that i got was just people saying that it helped them feel a little more sane we're just like we're just with you if you're like us and just watching this with like your jaws on the floor being like how is this like the public discourse about it anyway we're with you okay we stand (laughs) with you yeah we're in this together um okay that's it for this week we will be back with uh something not as (laughs) not as uh horrifying next week love you guys All right, guys, that's it for today. Don't forget to subscribe, leave me a review. Heck, leave a five-star review while you're at it. Follow me on Instagram. It's become a whole thing and TikTok. And I'll see you next week. Au revoir, mes amours.